DJ PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. We are brought to you in part by Mark Miller Subaru. Mark Miller Subaru bringing you DJ and PK in the morning. And right now, Mark Miller Subaru bringing you Dale Murphy as well. Dale, good morning. Hey, David. Hey, Patrick. Thanks for having me on, guys. Good. The only guy who doesn't call us DJ and PK. So formal, Dale. DJ and PK. <laughs> How you doing? <laughs> That's okay. We answer lots of names, including a bunch of stuff you probably shouldn't say on the radio. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, we wanted, to have, we wanted to have you on for multiple reasons. We got a lot of questions run by you, but I, I guess the first thing is, what was your reaction when you heard the Baseball Hall of Fame wasn't going to uh, have anyone in the class of 2021? Now, it's odd they didn't induct the last class, so assuming they do the inductions, there will still be guys in Cooperstown going in the hall, but they didn't elect anyone this year, and I wondered what your reaction was. Well, I, it's just, uh, I've, I've always thought that Every year, someone should go in. I think. I think it's just they. Whenever that happens, it misses opportunity. I think the, you know, look. I. I'm. I'm uh, eligible again in three or four years. So sometimes it's hard for me to um, give too many opinions about the voting and thing and everything because I'm thankful for the chance to be considered again. Uh, they've actually changed things, you know, for guys from my era. So. To, to give us more consideration, so I'm very grateful for that. But I think, I think everybody is kind of wondering what kind of system work, or if it really does work. There's a lot of controversy about that. It's a really different kind of uh, a system when no one goes in. There's there's people that are um, worthy of it. I guess is what I'm trying to say. And and when someone doesn't go in, now they're going to catch a little bit of a break. Because if the ceremony does go on as uh, scheduled this year, they'll have the 2020 uh, inductees to celebrate. But I, to me, if 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 everything you know was normal and we missed a year of induction, it it I just don't think it's good for baseball. An opportunity to market the game, which we need, um, you know, and the town of Cooperstown is relies on it so much. Um, and it's such a great place to visit. It's a great opportunity to market the game. So they're still going to maybe get that opportunity with the last class. But whenever this happens, you know, I, kinda, I just kind of shake my head. It's just it's really a different system when no one goes in to your Hall of Fame when there are people that should be going in. So obviously Kurt Schilling is the man uh, of the hour, so to speak, when – regarding whether he should be in or shouldn't be in. You know I'm a baseball guy. I watched two hours of that. Turned on the TV the other day because I knew it was coming. Watched two hours of the baseball network. And there's a lot of talk of, of, of Schilling and his right-wing right views and all that stuff. It's not anything that I would uh, necessarily endorse. But I try to separate that. And, like, for me... I maintain a John Wooden vote for best college player of the year. And they put in character and all that, but they separate that out so the voter doesn't have to do it. The committee that forms the list of guys takes care of that for you, and then you vote 1 through 10, 1 being the winner and then 10 being you know the least guy but ever on the ballot. So I don't have to worry about that. They handle that. One of the things that caught my eye, is that Harold Reynolds was saying you know, there's a lot of talk about his views and they seem extreme to one degree or another but he said go back and ask his teammates that played with him what they think of him because those are the guys that are with him 
day in and day out from February all the way to October. And I believe, if I'm correct, that you actually shared a season with Kurt Schilling as far as that goes. They were both on the Phillies, I think, in, if I remember correctly, 1992. Uh, Correct me if I'm wrong. But anyway, what do you think about all this other stuff that is perceived as uh, character flaws or issues relative to on-field performance? Yeah, we were. Yeah, it, there's a little caveat or whatever the word is uh, on the '92 season because I was I was on the DL and in Atlanta recovering from staff infection. I missed most of the, that year, but I was around the team. I was with Kurt and uh, for for that year, basically, and and uh, I I don't I don't really. Uh, I've never heard anything um, and never noticed anything. You know, I, he was a great teammate. I mean, I just, there was no, you know, nothing that, you know, uh, concerned me there. The, the, but there is a, there's a, there's a challenge now. First of all, I, I understand. And I've been asked a lot about the character clause and, and uh, the, the challenge we, we have now, there's, there's one thing about, I think what, <laughs> Uh, let me think here. So I, I kind of agree. As far as political views, uh, I would separate them. The, the challenge we're having now is this isn't a conservative liberal thing that that happened. What would give me pause as a voter is his, uh, you know, uh, um, his what what I saw was an endorsement of uh, the January sixth riot you know, in our Capitol building. So if I was a voter, I'd be like, that, that's not really a political view to me. That's a real concern. I'll, I'll be, you know, up front when a lot of voters called in and wanted their, their vote changed. It, it just, to me, that just that is, I, before that, I, I just want to say that the January 6th tweet is what really concerns me about what Kurt did. There was, before that, you can say conservative, liberal, Democrat, Republican, I'll, 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 you know, I'll uh, certainly pass on that. But there was a, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd like to see a little bit more explanation. If I was a voter about his uh, um, seemingly endorsement of what was going on on January 6th, I'll be right up front with you. If I was a voter, I'd, I'd want some more explanation about that event. Now, prior to that, um, you know, I know he's, said what he said or you know but i would i i I probably would have voted for him and the funny thing is he's got a big problem with a group of people that were 16 votes shy of putting him in the hall of fame anyway so he probably would have gone in next year i i think uh i think kurt is i'll be i'll be i'll tell you here's my opinion kurt it seems like he's he's changed over the years that's the best as i can say it um and and some of these things, if I was a voter, I, I would say I not I wouldn't say some of the things I'd say. The January sixth tweet uh, would concern me as a voter. That's all I would say. But I agree. I I think we got to be very careful about political opinions uh, or political stances. To me, that wasn't. I'm just talking personally. That that's not a political. St- I just it really concerns me if that makes any sense to me endorsement of right. what happened on January 6th if if indeed that's what he was doing 
is not a is is a, a point where I would draw the line personally. Uh, other than that, is baseball skills and around the locker room, I, I have no issues with no issues with. So that uh, uh, I, I think I, I, I'm you know trying to make some sense there. I I think that is how I would feel if I was a voter for so, Kurt. So T- Tony Kornheiser, who used to write in the Washington Post and is now on ESPN's Pardon the Interruption podcast radio guy as well, he had a line once about a, I'm paraphrasing, I may be a little off, but if you took all the cheaters, the scoundrels, and the liars out of the Hall of Fame, you could put the thing in a broom closet, which is a pretty good line. Well, and with that, no, I, and I, and I understand that too. And, and, and I, 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 what you said, uh, um, PK about, the the nominees you get for the Wooden Award, you know, are kind of being selected, and then you have the nominees. I don't know. We got we got the, the Hall of Fame and baseball. We got to get together and talk. Got to talk this out <laughs> because so, voters are kind of left hanging. You know, now they become the the judges of moral character. I mean, that's a, a real challenge for them, and some of them, you know, just ignore it. Some of them take it very seriously. I think you just got to kind of figure this out, give them some direction. And a lot of other people say, no, that's the whole point of it is they, so I don't know, maybe we just, you know, need to, you know, come together and figure this out. So going off that whole thought that, you know, there's a lot of people who have, uh, you know, I don't know, questionable backgrounds or controversial issues or whatever. I think if I were a voter, which I'm not, I think that I would be in favor of putting the whole story on the plaque, but the best players in baseball history need to be in based on the baseball playing. And this goes not only if the issue is politics with Schilling or maybe somebody else going forward, but for Rose and the gambling and for the whole generation of guys who's been tainted by steroids. And I think if I were a voter, I could vote for Rose. And I don't like it. And I get why he was never allowed to manage. He's 80, so that's not really so much of a question. Um, but he has the most hits. He should be in the hall. Bonds, you know, I think I can actually look at his stats and figure out what year he started doing the PED thing. But he was firmly and obviously a Hall of Famer in my mind before all that happened. And I could vote for uh, Clemens for the same reason. I was telling PK the other day, I don't know that I could vote for A-Rod. There's something about getting busted twice and more of his career was in the steroid era. If I dug into it more, I don't know which way I'd go. I'm a, I'm a little gray there. Palmero, I feel like he's a creature of steroids and I wouldn't vote, I wouldn't vote for him. Um, but I wonder about just putting it, hey, this guy gambled and got banned from baseball and it's on his plaque, but his plaque should be in there. The history of baseball should all be in a museum somewhere. It's Cooperstown. I should be able to go there and see these guys' plaques and see the complete history of baseball, warts and all. Would you be okay with that? Do you think most writers could come around to that if if they hashed it out the way you were talking and we all got on the same page? Or, or is Rose like a bridge too far and I'm an outlier here? Well, I've 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 kind of uh, on Pete. I've said before publicly. I personally, I'm not in favor of lifetime bans. I think whatever it's been 40, 50 years is a, is a good enough ban, <laughs> you know, is it's like, you know, anyway, so, so, uh, on the, uh, the, the others, the steroid situations, I would, again, I, I would be in the, 
the camp that pro- that wouldn't vote for him. But I'm I'm not I'm not you know trying to convince other people of that. Uh, but that would probably be my stance because you know that's just uh, just the w- the way I feel about it. But uh, it looks like they're eventually going to get seventy five percent. So um, you know, so I'm probably in the minority. Um, so I, I I don't know. It's uh, it it just uh, really. You know, uh, it's just, it's, it's unfortunate. There's so much controversy about it because the game needs more good marketing and good publicity. And every year this comes up and just is terrible for the game. So, um, you know, it'd be good, I think, to get some clarification on it. So, Dale, we know all about Hank Aaron's ability out on the field. It played out over 25 years, and it was absolutely sensational. There's not a whole lot you can say. We saw it, but obviously I'm assuming you knew him personally. Tell us what your thoughts are as far as Hank Aaron, the man. Well, you know, when I was a kid and I signed with the Braves, um, I was just a kid, didn't really – you know, understand the older I've got, the more I've learned about what Hank went through. Um, you know, describing the the year prior to breaking Hank's uh, d- prior to breaking Babe's record as the worst year of his life. Um, you know, really gave me pause and start reading and understanding the tremendous uh, pressures. Uh, you know, it's hard to play the game anyway. Just when going out when your kids are ho- home sick with the flu i mean you still got to go out and play and i i just will never understand um uh you know i'll, I'll never understand first for being a a white ball player that played uh, in the late 70s and 80s and on and, and not being an african-american player playing in the in the 50s and the 60s uh, i'll just never understand how you could go out and compete the way he did and he's the best all-round player. I mean, I've seen people say Barry Bonds is the best player in the game ever, and I'm like, <laughs> I'm sorry, just just look at what Hank did, and um, all-round. I mean, and you you add the degree of difficulty of playing in the era he played in. There's no comparison between players, um, you know. And I'm not discounting the other. Um, things and and overt racism that other um, African-American players went through. What I'm saying is Hank surpassed all of them as far as what he did for the game on the field and how he did it and how he did it under unreal circumstances. I mean, you'll, you'll notice in the 715th home run when he's rounded the bases and those fans getting back to the era we played in when fans ran on the field and I mean, first of all, can you imagine the lack of security that left fans on the field? But he didn't know what was going on. He didn't know if they were there to harm him or what. I mean, it scared him. And and so, you know, not being able to go home after the game, um, uh, staying at the ballpark, security with his family, I mean, um, just very scary situations that I'll never comprehend. And then to come through it and 
And with the, 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 the words of dignity and grace that he did, I'm sure inside there were a few fires burning, and there were, uh, you know, in Hank. But, uh, you know, to move on and then, you know, set the example he did, and then I just considered myself so lucky to be able to rub shoulders with him occasionally um, and uh, have him be, you know, he was over the minor leagues when I was in the, in the, in the major leagues, so I didn't work with him directly but uh he was part of our organization and his spirit permeated the whole thing this is this, this, the whole organization this this is how you play ball and this is how you carry yourself as a human being so i'm curious if um how much you really understood it as a rookie and it's probably different than how you understood it at the end of your career how you understand it now but as uh as we see these tremendous salaries pour in and these huge contracts and every generation is cashing in standing on the shoulders of a previous generation and like Hank is actually multiple generations partly because of how long he played and then he was such a great ambassador for baseball afterwards he kept selling the sport long after he was retired I was just getting started in radio in Santa Barbara market 170 or whatever and he did a radio interview with me. I called Braves PR, and they hooked us up. And I'm thinking, how many of these has this guy done? And, and <laughs> how much does that vault the sport forward when you think of all his contributions, not just while he's playing for the 20-plus years, but even afterwards? Yeah, and his foundational changed lives, you know, generations of families, uh, giving kids an opportunity uh, to succeed. Um and so it's it's a it's a legacy that uh, you know just will go on forever. It, it, there's there's just no uh, no comparison in in you know in my book. There just is uh, you know he was just uh, he, uh, he, he, you just felt something different. I guess is the best way to put it. You 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 felt something different in his presence, and um, uh, you know and that is. Uh, uh, a remarkable um, life that was lived, and uh, I'll be anxious to see what baseball and what the Braves do this year to to remember him. And uh, there's a lot of talk uh, about changing the name of the Braves and things, uh, but uh, I I would like to see sooner rather than later, um, you know, uh, Henry Aaron Field at Truist Park. I think you know that's the least. Uh, I think it's truest uh, bank is is in charge of the naming rights. So, um, you know, working with the Braves to get some kind of recognition. But, you know, there's um, a remarkable life, I guess. It, it's, um, you know, it's hard to say enough good words uh, and admiration about how he handled himself and, you know, what he went through. I just, again, I can't imagine, you know, going out there with death threats. I talked to a friend of mine, Bruce Hurst, who played with the Red Sox and and against the Yankees uh, in the '80s, and you know all those tense years with their rivalry. And he said, "Well, you know, we got death threats from Yankee fans, but we never thought anything of it. You know, we're just like ah, that's a crazy Yankee fan, but you know, <laughs> Hanks. When you add a racial component to it, yeah, and you get some crazies, you know, it's scary stuff." Yeah, I don't think any white uh, Caucasian Red Sox were lynched. Like, uh, obviously, the, yeah. uh, like his race had been, and particularly in that region of the country. So I would imagine you would have taken every one of those uh, to some degree of seriousness, and you couldn't just blow them yeah, off. Yeah, absolutely. And then, yeah, and then, you know, during the minor leagues, you know, your apprentice years, learning your craft, 
not being able to stay at the hotel, not being able to eat where the other players eat. I mean, it's, you know, the, the, I mean, I just can't imagine. Well, Dale, as always, it's good to have you on. Uh, we'll have to have you back on and uh, find out if you really believe that the Padres have made the moves that could catch the Yeah, Dodgers. I was figuring, Dale, I was wondering, are you going to come out of retirement and join the Padres too? <laughs> Why not? Hey, that, that team is hot. I like the, that team. It'll be good. You know, baseball needs the Padres, really. We're always going to have the Dodgers and the Yankees, uh, but we need other teams to compete. So, you know, let's, uh, let's hope so. That would be good. I hope it works out. Dale, thanks Absolutely. for a few minutes. We appreciate it. All right. DJ and PK, I got it in there. <laughs> <laughs> nice. David, Patrick. <laughs> so, All right. So formal. Thank you, Dale. All right, guys. All right. There's Dale Murphy, Braves legend right there.